Blog Talk Radio. Ramadan Mubarak. Welcome to Elevated Places. This is our Thursday night edition brought to you by Elevated Places Network. I am your host, Ava Muhammad. My co-host is Brother Terrence Muhammad. And of course, we have an array of brilliant contributors that make Elevated Places the place to be. And we have our executive producer, Sister Rona Muhammad. We are all here for you. Uh, We know that there is so much uh, going on, it's impossible to even uh, begin to think about it. And we thank Allah that we are in Ramadan. I can't think of a better time to give us uh, some respite from the madness that is going on in this unraveling nation. And we have a very special guest uh, for you tonight um, who is is going to make all of this so much better for us, and that is the national imam of the nation of Islam, our dear brother, Sultan Muhammad, to discuss Ramadan and and getting the most out of Ramadan. Uh, We're in the midst of it now, and so we can't think of a better time, especially uh, sometimes in the middle we get struck with uh, difficulty factors, but this is the time to soldier on. Uh, So we will be hearing from uh, Brother Imam, and of course, uh, since we last met, there has been a verdict in the matter of uh, the murder of our brother George Floyd at the hands of, or I should say literally at the knee and under the complete body weight of one uh, Derek Chauvin, who, as we speak, is behind bars, but we're going to talk about the implications of the uh, conviction and uh, what's up next and do a little assessment of it, and we're blessed to have uh, tonight 
shortly we'll be hearing from our legal contributor, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad. Uh, but for now, uh, the inimitable Brother Terrence Muhammad, my co-host, I'm tossing the mic to you, Brother Terrence. Well, all right, all right. As-salamu alaykum. Ramadan Mubarak. It is man. You know, I've been out on this run trying to get get this food prepared before the show, so I can have something during the show. So I'm running, but uh, (laughs) it is a beautiful and blessed Ramadan. And you know, I have a couple of words to say, Dr. Ava, because it is very much so. time to have a discussion. It is very much so time to have elevated places. And if we ever needed elevated places, we need it tonight. Um, We definitely, definitely need it tonight because there's so much going on, as you said. So let me just start off with this. We are still in the midst of a pandemic, and we do not want to let our guard down. Please remember the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, in his monumental address, the criterion from last year, July 4th, 2020. And I say that because sometimes we forget, we fall off, we like, yeah, we said that a couple of months ago, but that message is still critical and necessary for today as I watch people say that they have gotten their second shot and they're happy about it and they're proud of it. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff going on around it, and that's not just go to sleep and think that we have not forgotten about that. As well as you want to definitely make sure that you've got all your information, all your updates, all of your uh, audio. Man, look, it's so much coming on minutes telling y'all, I just sent something, sent something up the pipeline, something's going to hit on ministerava.com. So y'all just better be prepared, get ready, because there's a lot coming on that website. And just to have the materials so you can study and go deeper into these teachings. Also, you want to join us on NOI.org every Friday night for our self-improvement class and study group at 7.30 p.m., NOI.org, Sunday at 10 a.m. Central, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern, NOI.org, and back on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Also, go get your latest edition of the Final Call newspaper, FinalCallDigital.com, Final Call Digital. And join us every morning at 5 a.m. for the prayer line, Ramadan prayer line. Go to RamadanPrayerLine.com, and if you missed anything, you can go back and check us out. You can also go back from the first day and hear the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I mean, that if nothing else, you just got to go back and just listen to him and his divine words and guidance. But with that said, Dr. Ava, today is Earth Day. You know, we celebrate, some people celebrate this day as Earth Day, and there's activities and going on. And, you know, it's a sad thing that we're celebrating Earth Day, but we're not taking care of the Earth. (laughs) We're polluting the Earth. We're destroying the Earth. And we're killing amongst the righteous on the Earth and killing amongst particularly the indigenous people. And, of course, since I'm in the, the, the world of climate change and environmental justice, I know that the worst hit and the most damaged by climate change and environmental justice are people of color globally around the world, and we're seeing that the statistics are 
increasing with the depth of our lives here. And we understand that the most disrespected and unprotected person on the planet is the black woman. So there's a lot of things that are surrounding our sister that just got killed in Columbus, Ohio. The question, though, is when are we going to protect and respect that woman? So as we are, and as I said this last week, as I saw this on social media, it says we interrupt the trial of a white officer killing a black civilian to bring you a press conference of a white officer killing a black civilian. We saw the funeral of the white right today. Al Sharpton delivered that. Uh, and we saw a verdict. But we understand, Dr. Ava, as we will discuss today, that a verdict is not justice. A verdict gives black people as a Sunday used to be in slavery, Dr. Ava. As a Sunday, they yes, say they may get an extra chicken bone. They may get the dance on Sunday. But that's about all because on Monday and through Saturday, they're going to catch hell. So let's not get too happy about that because we still got to come back for some sentences. We still got to come back. There's a possible appeal. And then we also know, Dr. Ava, there's a seven-year-old that got killed. There's another black man that just got killed in Elizabeth City, um, North Carolina. The killings have not stopped, so, and we have not stopped from this program, Project Separation. We are getting our art together to make our exodus from this open enemy of ours. And if you didn't know, go get that monumental book, Message to the Black Man. That's where we're at, Dr. Ava. It's so much more going on, and that's why, as you said at the top of the hour, know, it is very important. Yes, it is very important, and there's so much more. But it's so important because one of the things we know in our Holy Quran, we seek assistance through patience and prayer. So isn't it wonderful in the month of Ramadan, we can seek refuge of the Lord in the Lord of the world during this time of darkness where we're watching our people get slaughtered and killed while we're trying to grieve over one, another one pops up and another one pops up and another one will continue to pop up until we follow the divine instructions of God to us all through their servant Messiah in our midst today, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So I'll, with that, turn it back over to you because I know we got a lot on the show tonight. All praise is due to Allah, and thank you for that. You know, my my husband uh, just showed me the video clip of the brother in the Carolinas, uh, and you know, to see he, the the cop shot him in the face, and and they were at quite a distance. You know, it, it, it's a mindset. It's, it's a mindset that they have uh, to just instantly pull out a weapon and kill us. You know, what happened to uh, if, if you feel you have to fire at someone, what happened to the leg area? But but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm left speechless. I want to get our lawyer on here. Uh, just That's right. Like I heard someone say on the video with the the young girl in Columbus, Ohio. This was a, a a teenager, a child. 
You know, and I heard someone say, where's the taser? And remember the the right. murderer of Dante mm-hmm. Wright, who was training new officers as she murdered this young man. She was yelling, taser, taser, which I guess to indicate that's what she was about to pull out. Though I don't see a justification for anything that happened at all with Dante Wright from the very beginning of nope. that encounter. Um, and, right. and we just have to talk about that more as we did last week about these traffic stops. But uh, that that's a perfect segue uh, into um, bringing into the conversation our legal contributor, uh, Sister Attorney Pamela Mohammed. Assalamu alaikum and Ramadan Mubarak, Sister Pamela. Yes, ma'am. Wa alaikum salam, Ramadan Kareem. Um, yes, ma'am, and this has been a very eventful week as we've seen the conviction of George Chauvin and as, I'm sorry, George Chauvin, Derek Chauvin, the police officer yes, that murdered George Floyd. And, it, you know, it reminds me as we look at the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's article in The Final Call, that article is called The Intensifying Universal Cry for Justice. And he begins, uh, one of the paragraphs begins with how this is a criminal nation, in parentheses, America, and the current condition of people kidnapped, enslaved, and robbed. And so I think that's a context that we're in because that is our condition here in America, as the minister is telling us. And he goes on to talk about on page two how God's world is in need of a truth that will set up a government where everybody can live in peace under real freedom, real justice, and real equality. So, you know, I'm thankful to a lot that we saw the conviction in the obvious crime that was committed. They had videotape, they had witnesses, they had forensic evidence. And so to see Derek Chauvin convicted, we know that that was just, you know, that was a fair outcome. That conviction was warranted. It was yeah. got a fair trial. And this is something that a lot of our people don't get. Because I think when we look at the criminal justice system and the systemic racism that comes from, like you said, excessive police stops of black men and women, excessive shootings of black men and women, we also have black men and women not getting fair jury trials. As uh, Derek Chauvin did get a fair trial, he did get a jury of his peer. You know, oftentimes we don't get juries of our peers because peers, although it was initially defined as someone of that members of nobility, this is a English uh, term, but really when it comes down to today in America, the, the members of a jury, that just means your fellow citizens. And so oftentimes black people are not given fair jury trials because, as we know, we are not looked upon as citizens, we're not given the value, and that has led many times to the statistic that um, prosecutors remove qualified black jurors from serving more than two times the amount that you see with 
white jurors because only t- only 15% of white jurors are removed. And why is that important in this case? Because in this case, where the evidence was presented and it was looked upon by these jurors, they were able to look at it from a perspective that although we saw um, Derek Chauvin's attorney tried to, you know, lie, shade the truth, misrepresent facts, whatever you want to call it. It was it was a two-and-a-half to three-hour closing argument at the end of the trial after all the witnesses had testified, after we had seen the video, after we had heard the children. Derek Chauvin's attorney tried to mis- misapply the facts. He tried to mis actually misapplied the law. Um, it caused the prosecutor, our, our brother, Mr. Blackwell, to actually have to tell him, you're shading the truth. You know, this, this, this doesn't, these are fabricated facts. These are the alternative universe that they often paint in order to justify their wrongdoing. Because as, as you were saying, Sister Ava, you know what, the actual stats um, on how many officers have been charged with murder and manslaughter um and and i don't, i didn't remember when you and i were talking if that was something that i was going to bring out or use so please you know forgive me because we talked about these issues but you know the, the yes, ma'am. Go ahead. um no, you okay yeah okay yeah because the the newspaper article that i'm looking at they say since 2005 Although there have been thousands of deadly police shootings in the United States since 2005, only about 140 officers have been charged with murder or manslaughter, and just seven were convicted of murder. And this is according to data uh, maintained by Bowling Green State University. So when we see our little sister Bryant, you know, uh, the sister, her, her last name is Bryant from Columbus, Ohio. When we see Dante Wright, you know, uh, being his, the officer that shot him being charged with manslaughter, but we think about the thousands and thousands of those who were not even charged with a crime. And I think you said not even um, removed from their jobs many times. They don't even get fired for killing black people. So, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, this trial is, you know, landmark in some ways. It reminded me of O.J. Simpson's case, as you, you and I both agreed on that, because this, in O.J. Simpson's case, we saw the culture of police being revealed by the testimony of Mark Furman. Remember that, Sister Ava? Mark Furman, yes. uh, with his lies about not using the N-word, Right, but I, you know what? There was a transcript that was released that actually That's revealed right. those 41 times that he did use the N-word. And another thing that came out was how they handle our, our people at these crime scenes. One of the comments that Mark Furman made that I think is very telling in what we're seeing today, he said something like, how do you intellectualize when you punch the hell out of an N? He either deserves it or he doesn't. And then he goes on to say mm-hmm. we basically get impatient with him being so effing stupid, which I thought he was. And then he goes on at the end of that. He said, no problem, not even any marks, Dana, 
just body shots. He said, did you ever try to find a bruise on an end? It's pretty tough, huh? On, and that's on dealing with a suspect. So I think we can look at Mark Berman's words, and that's and that's what we're having to tell our people. And we got it, like Brother Terrence and you were saying, we got to keep pushing the real issue. This policing, this slave patrol, this excuse for casual killing of our people. We know that this is at the very undercore of these police departments. And so this conviction for Furman, uh, I mean, not Furman, for Chauvin, <laughs> while it does show a step yeah. in the right direction, you know, the chokehold, the murder, the children traumatized, and just really just the, just the killing of our people, we we got to keep pushing for real justice and um you know, and, and listening to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan um, at this moment in time is so crucial to our survival. So th- those are some of the issues because it's just been so much to say <laughs> uh, with what we see it, going it, it's on. unbelievable. Yes, ma'am. So uh, those are just some of the issues that I wanted to, to raise. Um, thank you very yes, much. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And um, you know, in the in the wake of the conviction, after the you know initial euphoria uh, that millions of people felt um, here and around the world, for various reasons, um, there was one white right wing host of a program um, who's been getting a lot of pushback from white folks, the Trump types, because he said he was happy that Chauvin got convicted on all three counts because he didn't want to see his country go up in flames. And that that references, of course, to us, to black people. Um, and he's right because you don't know at what point you will make black people snap um, at any point in history, but bigger than that, he may not have realized that this country is going up in literal flames in the near future, not from us, but from the Lord of the Worlds. But after the euphoria passed, you know, people began to analyze this case and look at what it took to get the conviction of someone who did, first of all, it was such a dastardly deed. It was a protracted murder. It was, you know, it was what you have to call a torture murder. That's right. You, You have that to start out with. Then you have, thank Allah, the 17 year old who captured this murder from a, a, a front angle, and you and I talked about that too, how there have been videos uh, going all the way back to Rodney King. Um, and, and of course, though he didn't live a long life, he survived that. But the, the point is we've never seen anything in HD, as clear as this, this was protracted, and because of her, we were able to see this 
from a a viewpoint that was inescapable as to what was happening, and most important, the expression on Derek Chauvin's face as he crushed the life out of George Floyd. And they they interviewed one of the uh, alternate jurors uh, who said that she was disappointed that she was uh, excused from duty when they went to the deliberation room because they had two alternates, and in the end they didn't need them because all 12 of the main jurors were able to sit through the case throughout. But she said she was disappointed because she wanted to be part of the vote for the conviction. And when asked um, why, what was the primary reason, she said the most compelling piece of evidence was Chauvin's expression in the still shot that is all over the world, the look on his face as he was killing this man. And she said, how can this be anything but murder? And she said the most compelling witness that she found uh, to be in terms of the evidence was the uh, pulmonologist, the lung specialist, uh, Tobin. And after he was done, there, there was no room for this jury to consider that drugs could have been the problem or that heart disease or that anything other than Chauvin's knee was the cause of death. Um, but when you think about it, Sister Pamela, there's never been a case where you just got through talking about the way they protect each other. And, yes, the, and the data, going back to 2005, seven convictions right. out of thousands yes, of these cases. Well, I don't think ever in history has there been a case where seven members of the police force all the way up to and including the chief of police, not only refused to back him, they got on the witness stand and testified against him. When has that happened? I've never known that to happen. So it took yes, the, 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 the combined weight of the, the visual evidence, we saw the murder in its entirety. That's number one. Number two, his fellow officers and his boss testified against him, and they did it forcefully. They weren't equivocal about it. Then you had a parade of uh, scientific experts Right, yes, ma'am. Who addressed all of the the the, the defense uh, throwing out this idea that George Floyd, and it's a typical assault on a black victim. Right. You know, he did drugs. Um, he had a heart. He had preconditions. Okay. Yes, ma'am. He's been arrested before. Yada yada yada. So all of that was completely obliterated by the prosecution experts. 
that there was one cause of death on that day, May 25th, and that was Chauvin's knee on his neck, completely cutting off any supply of oxygen to the brain, and then he did it for so long that there was no oxygen left in his body. And then you, you, you had the expert. first you had the experts on violating procedure, then you had more police experts to come up and say he was using excessive force, without a doubt. Then you, you, you have two of the best lawyers for this type of case in the country that were brought in by the attorney general to try this yes, case. Ma'am. So look at, and you got the whole world watching. You got Congress people saying, I want a conviction. You got the President of the United States saying, I'm going to wait till they're sequestered, but I got something to say. I want a conviction. So look at what it took to get a second degree murder conviction. So there's no way in the world we're able to to say we, we got justice. You know, and of course, as I said last week, we the, uh, unless this man were to uh, face a death penalty and have it have it uh, executed, then there's no such thing as that. And even with that, that's right. Come on, there's come on. nothing that was going to bring this man back. And and you know, to see his family right. and get to know his family. Through this, it really brings home the loss. You know, oh, that's the other thing, the spark of life testimony um, in the case where the prosecution will bring up one of the loved ones of the victim to remind you that we're not just talking about uh, an an evidentiary discovery list. We're talking about a human being. Who was in the prime of life? Say that again. Say that again. That's right. Yes, sir. And had a six-year-old daughter, a beautiful little girl. But she called it. She said, my daddy is going to change the world. That's beautiful. And so this, this is a pivotal point in U.S. history not in the sense, in my humble view, of justice, though there are those who have made it known. They don't, they don't want this country known this way. <laughs> and there are efforts to pull away from the Trump era. That's uh, Chauvin's other mistake. He chose the wrong moment in history to do this when this country's coming up out of the Donald Trump administration. That's right. Yes. Wrong time in history. I can't even imagine how this would have gone if Trump was in the white house. I can't even, I don't even want to think about that, Mm. but you have now, as brother Terrence mentioned earlier, Dante Wright's funeral was today. So you you don't even get two days of, of relief. 
before we're back at it, um, our little sister gunned down. There's no way they would approach some white teenagers, even even with a knife. Put the knife no down. Jumped right. on her back with a taser. You 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 would have right. done anything but shoot her. Because That's you right. you you are so uh, the idea of, of of shooting another white person is abhorrent to you as a law enforcement officer. I mean, white That's boys right. have to shoot at the police. They have to kill them. Look look at the Capitol Hill case. Do you know they've decided this man died of natural causes? <laughs> the Capitol Police officer who was killed right. on the January okay. 6th mob attack? Yes, ma'am. With, yeah, with, and sprayed with, with, with bear spray, the kind of spray you use to stop a grizzly? Wow. And they beat him in the head. I don't know if it was with a fire extinguisher or a metal pipe. They beat him mm. in his head. And do you know the medical examiner issued the report yesterday or the day before and said he died the next day from a stroke? Mm. Yes, ma'am. That's right. Maybe when, you're, when your skull gets bashed in, maybe you do have a stroke. Huh? Wow. They do not want to find these two white boys that murdered this. This is their own law enforcement at the center of their government. Murdered. And they do not want to hold the killers accountable. That's right. So all I can say is seven words. I think it's seven. Separation is the best and only solution. Yes, ma'am. But we'll talk about this and more. But we wanna uh, we wanna, we gonna dial it back a little bit and calm ourselves. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And then, of course, later on, we're going we're gonna to get all our callers this week. But we are so blessed, so blessed. Uh, I'm not saying it because he's on the line. I was just uh, talking about this brother uh, to another member of the executive council earlier, uh, uh, Brother Abdul Arif Muhammad, our general counsel. And what he said about the imam, He said, he is so thoughtful. And I said, that is such a good word. He is is one of the most thoughtful people um, that you'll you'll ever have the privilege of meeting if you haven't met him. And uh, he taught my daughter Arabic at Muhammad University of Islam, and she adores him. You know, um, I just don't have any words, but we know that he has brought a whole nother dimension to the nation of Islam um, in our understanding of the 
Holy Quran, our understanding of pilgrimage, of Hajj, and our understanding of Ramadan, all of the, it's like these, these treasures within a treasure um, that he has shown us. And I was telling Brother Arif earlier that when I was on WVON here in Chicago, I would have the imam come on. And I'm telling you, the boards would be lit. They would be full with our people, not in the nation, just, you know, Pookie and Quinesia. They want to know about Ramadan because of how the imam was bringing it. And so it is my great pleasure uh, to bring to the microphones uh, brother. I love him and his family. They are just beautiful. And uh, he has taken time to be with us this evening and, and share with us uh, our readiness. And, our, and I guess right now we should be talking about our steadfastness. But I'm bringing to the microphone uh, my fellow executive council member and the national imam of the Nation of Islam, Brother Sultan Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Imam Ramadan Mubarak. Walaikum salam, Ramadan Mubarak, Ramadan Kareem, my beloved sister, and all of those uh, that are on this line and contributing uh, every week. Uh, our dear sister, Dr. Ava Muhammad, is a blessing, a blessing to our nation and to our people. And I'm extremely humbled uh, by your introductory words. Uh, your brother is striving as a student in the class. As, as we all are, and we are blessed uh, to be distinguished. But the largest blessing in that, dis, uh, that act of being distinguished is who is distinguishing you? That we as Muslims, as human beings, are being distinguished by God himself. And our dear minister, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, is himself raising up a nation on the foundation that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad established for us. And we could not thank Allah enough for the gift in our dear minister. Uh, Sister, when I hear uh, the discussion uh, from the legal point of view, as well as uh, all of what we know we have been seeing Our dear brother Terrence broke down how many incidents uh, we've been watching, and you made a very, very important point, uh, Dr. Ava, and that is this, is thank Allah it's Ramadan. Thank Allah it's Ramadan. (laughs) Because in, in this moment, if we the Muslims, those who, as we have been taught by the Holy Quran itself, is that fasting is not something new. It's something that has been with man the beginning of time. That Muslims fast, but we are Mm. commanded to fast as those who fasted before us, meaning our family among the Christians our family among the Hebrews, our family among all religions named and unnamed. The point is, is that 
fasting is a prescription. Allah has stated in the Holy Quran that fasting has been prescribed for us so that we may guard against evil and that it was prescribed for those before us for this same purpose. Now, this word fasting is different from the word Ramadan, which means the month in which the Muslims fast to commemorate the revelation of the Holy Quran. But the word fasting in our original language of Arabic is som, and its meaning, som, is to still oneself, to be motionless in a state in which your emotions are being tried. So we are mm. building our will to still our emotions so that we can act with reason, act with justice, and not in a mm. manner that we are pacified by what religion and stillness of the heart would give, but we become discerning in a moment like this so that we are not acting in a manner that is outside of the balance that Allah God has created. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, mm-hmm. he gave beautiful exegesis and context of these verses that appear in Surah 2 of the cow, where we are given the prescription to fast. And they begin on verses 183. But our dear minister, he said the following. He said in the Quran, after we read Surah 2 about fasting, the next thing we read about is fighting in the defense of Islam. Allah says in the Quran, our minister stated, and fight in the way of Allah against those who fight against you, but be not aggressive. Surely Allah loves not the aggressor. And our minister states, Allah says, and kill them wherever you find them. Now you know, our minister said, now you know Mm -hmm. there are some that want to retranslate the Quran and drive them out from wherever they drove you out and persecution is worse than slaughter and fight not with them in the sacred mosque. We're stating this because in this moment, many of us can be tried during our fasting. Muhammad, peace be upon him, said that there is no need for the fasting of the faster if he loses his temper or speaks obscene language. So right now, this fasting has an inner and outer meaning. So we fast from food, we fast from drink during the daylight hours, from sensual engagement with our spouses, but we also fast from rising in anger to the point where we have lost reason, rising above emotion into the thinking Mm. of God. 
So at the core of fasting, particularly during the holy month of Ramadan, is justice, those of freedom, justice, and equality. Did we know that every 10 seconds a child is dying from hunger on this planet? Every 10 seconds while we're speaking on this, on this call, a child is dying from hunger. Our people have been completely, complete, completely, hello? Our oh, yes, sir. Have, yes, sir. Excellent, excellent. Our people have been completely robbed of justice to the point where now many are becoming numb to what we're seeing on the screen day in and day out. And we go about our business. But what is it? Our dear sister, she stated it. Separation is our only solution. So in this moment, when we are seeing injustice at a peak in the way that we are seeing it now, we trust in Allah but we find every means by which we can fight against the external enemy while we are fighting against the internal enemy. And I'll end on this note. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, we fast until this evil world has vanished. So when we look at the news, when we look on homes, has evil vanished? Has the old world vanished? We guard against evil with the prescription of fasting. That is not just the evil from within ourselves, but that is the evil that we see around us every day. So we thank Allah that we have been given this prescription at this crucial time where we see the changing of the world for a new world, as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has taught us, Savior's Day, 2020, of the unraveling of this nation. We are watching it day in and day out. So we must, must, brothers and sisters, in this hour, take heed to the call of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Take heed to what is divinely given within every one of us, and that is the sense of justice, the sense of balance, and the sense that we can do something about our circumstances. We can do something. So I I thank Allah for this opportunity to just be a part of the discussion tonight. We can look at justice for what it is and know that that is not what we are, are receiving in this enemy's world. And that through the prescription of fasting, the discipline of fasting, we will be able to say no to the small things, no to the mm. chips and the dip or eating throughout the day, all day, drinking, <laughs> just complete. <laughs> completely heedless so when the call of nature comes that we only follow the call of nature 
but we are striving mm. to become supernatural. And it is through these principles of fasting, through these principles of prayer, meditation upon the word of Allah during this hour that we will find our way back to ourselves. So I thank Allah for this privilege to be a part of the conversation tonight. And I thank Allah that we are in an hour where we are hearing the language begin to come up. I've been hearing this term racial reckoning. We've been hearing Mm. these terms that are rising and becoming a norm in the conversation of our people that has been established among the Nation of Islam and the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan for many years. Now, brothers and sisters, we must flee unto our own. We must find that will within to cut ourselves away from any hope that this enemy's world can be reformed. So it's not just about defunding police. It's about absolute (laughs) divestment from this society. And praise be to Allah. Praise be to Allah. Allah has saw fit to sit down the institutions of education, to sit down the institutions of medicine as a mockery before the world that is falling here in America. So we thank Allah, as our brother mentioned earlier, the nation of Islam, that will allow us to be buoyant in a time of emotional strife and struggle, in a time of emotional pain, in a time in which we are being denied the basic rights, the basic truth of self. So I think Allah, I don't want to preach on here. This is, this is a beautiful conversation mm-hmm. that I would love yeah. to continue to be a part of. <laughs> so I thank Allah. But we, we, uh, we have to get beyond the pull of our lower nature so that we can qualify, qualify ourselves to really see clearly a pathway out of the, self, the selfish mindset of our individuality causes us to continue to be in this endless cycle of heedlessness. And Allah says in the Quran, can you, what can you say to the one who takes his lower desires as his God? So as long as we bow down to our lower nature as our God, as long as we are partying, BSing, instead of doing the work necessary to make our communities a safer, cleaner place to live in, taking mm-hmm. into our own hands these institutions. So the, the, the medical is dying. The medical uh, industry dying. Yeah. Media on its way out. No one knows where oh. to get the truth. But there is a paper it's called The Final Call. Let's heed that final call. 
Come on, come on. Word the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and take ourselves into the heaven that Allah, God, has promised us, set ourselves in heaven at once. And we can do so by loving one another with the kind of love that we will die for one another. Yes, we fast. Yes, we abstain from the sensual desires, but if it only is limited to a weight loss program, if it only is a ritual of religion, we will continue to be enslaved by our open enemy. So I thank Allah for this moment in which we are living to witness the change of worlds. Praise be to Allah. So, Dr. Ava, I have a question for you. In this this moment in time, what our sister has traveled across this country, city to city, I believe, uh, how many cities, Dr. Ava, with the separation process? With the separation, uh, 21. 21 cities. I can't say any one of these so-called politicians have their pulse, their finger on the pulse of the people in the way this sister has town hall meetings across this country. What do you feel? Do you see a new current among our people, among the young that are fed up with the injustices that we see to the point that we are, ready to go for our own? Yes, I do. Yes, I do, Brother Imam. And I, when I saw uh, the video of the uh, young, young sister, and Sister uh, Rona Muhammad just texted me her name, Makia, Bryant, uh, gunned down by the police in my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. And we found out that this this was occurring uh, close in time to the verdict um, against Chauvin being issued. I think that we have produced that generation and it, it is showing in their responses to events and circumstances that they are done with this. What, what you said earlier about completely divesting ourselves. No, you said we're not talking about defunding the police. That, that's a mindset of the old civil rights movement that had its place sure. in time several generations ago. The Bible says there's, to everything there is a season. And what, what you are giving us, Brother Imam, in terms of this in-depth understanding of Ramadan, to me, is yet another manifestation of separation that we're not doing things anymore just to do it or just because someone said do it. 
And I think that's the difference with the youth. And I, the, we are, we're seeing now that it's the youth that are really comprising the numbers in the black community's rejection of the vaccine. Because That's many right. of the elders, they're taking it. So That's why right. are they right. only at about 8%? It's these young people. And, and they're not rejecting it with, with difficulty and fear and equivocation and anxiety. They're just like, nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> That's right. Can I share and then a quick story? On. Yes, sir. On that point of the vaccine, you know, Draven, just yesterday I had a, a doctor's appointment, and now, you know, these are all virtual uh, to a large extent. And it was my first uh, annual checkup since COVID-19. And the relationship I had <laughs> had with the doctor, my primary doctor. He is a Muslim, but he's from another country. And once I just did my regular check-in, he said, well, have you given the COVID-19 vaccine uh, a thought? I said, oh, yes, I've given it plenty of thought. (laughs) And he asked, what did what do you think? Would you like to take it? We, when, in your next visit, you will, we can set you up with an appointment to, to have your vaccine. In words, you qualify. I said, no, thank you. No, thank you. And I told him, I think an experimental vaccine. He said, well, let me tell you, it's, it's not experimental anymore. <laughs> Listen to the new language. <laughs> wow. It's it's a technological development that now has proven itself over these mm-hmm. last few months because now wow. they've had an, this is his language, because now we've had an opportunity to see some of the outcomes. I say, yes, I've seen some of the outcomes as well. And uh, Johnson and Johnson had to put a stop on theirs. His, Comeback was this. Well, I'm going to – he pulled out graphs and documents, and he said, what do I have to do to convince you, convince you to take Ooh. this vaccine? Ow. And then he said this. Now, this is a beauty. He said, you know, some others have come into the office and said the same about this experimental vaccine, and they showed me – an." a link to a website, NOI.org, where they found information. And that mm, they showed wow. me a speaker. <laughs> they showed me a speaker talking about the vaccine. And he was fumbling wow. around trying to find the link or the speaker. <laughs> I'm like, well, praise be to Allah. <laughs> that on the lips of this doctor. Now, I, I, he does not know my affiliation, Amazing. to my knowledge, at all. But praise be to Allah that the mouthpiece of Allah, God, is reaching every nook and cranny 
to the statistics, you said 6%? It's just 6%? Yes, 6%. Hello? Yes, sir, 6%. So that, mm-hmm. so that word, that word is penetrating, but we still have a fight before us. And I, I will leave it on this point. And our minister, I believe this is from our, our study guide, about the purpose of fasting and abstaining. Our minister stated and writes, if we don't have the will to challenge and overcome the enemy's world, we will be slaves our entire lives. And you will pass on that sick slave mentality onto your children because can we turn our backs on every challenge? How can you ever be a man or woman if you are not willing to even face small challenges? And then he wow. in the Quran, after we read Surah 2 about fasting, the next thing we read is fighting in the defense of Islam. So I thank Allah for being <laughs> in this moment, in this hour, to be among those who are being guided by one who is not giving us a pacifier, who is not bowing down to any government, but is demonstrating the way of God before us. Praise be to Allah. Oh, praise be to Allah. That's, that's I just wanted to share that. Narrative. Yes, that's amazing. And uh, Dr. Ava, I just wanted to jump in here right quick, if you don't mind. Of course. <laughs> no, it was a quick Your point. title is it, that... <laughs> No, it, it was a it was a quick it is a quick point that it is is a beauty I want to share about brother Imam um that is very significant and the beauty of you and brother Imam. And here's here's my point. There was a discussion we were talking about it was well I made a post about vaccination. I shared somebody's post. And somebody came on there and she's an acquaintance of mine, sort of a friend, and she was kind of laying out some stuff about, you know, why the vaccination, why she agreed with the vaccination, or she kind of did some medical stuff. She didn't really say she agreed with the vaccination, but she 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 argued some points on this person's post. Another believer came back and was just, you know, going in, like kind of argumentative, right? And But the sister, her case that she laid out was on point. Like the position that she was talking about, at, you know, um, you know, said, well, you're going to have to take another shot. She's like, well, usually a flu shot you take every year. She just had, she made a good case. Um, and the reason why I'm saying that is because we're taught to argue in the best manner. So the beauty of you, Dr. Ava, as a lawyer, you make sure that you make your case strong and your point strong and not just argue. And so the beauty of Brother Imam that we're in the Islamic world is that he makes sure that everything that's Quranic is tied and we buffers in our teaching. So it's not like, well, we over here and over here. You know, it's it's one of those things that even in this conversation and how he's laying stuff out and how you lay out is so um is so precise, clear, um, where we don't have to argue, we just lay out the case. And our thing is to lay out and place a clean glass is not to just condemn this dirty one. Just lay out a clean glass. And y'all representation of that is good. And I just say that is that we have to make sure that we study 
and give the right examples, the right truth, just as he just laid out how this brother was trying to lay all this stuff and the reason why, he just calmly, you know, gave him the other information and calmly said it in a very beautiful manner. And we don't have to argue with anybody about the truth. It's not about an argument. You either going to, you know, Satan office you and Allah office you. Which one are you going to take? That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. Choose where you want today. That's exactly right. Praise be to Allah. And, you know, I, I loved what you said, Brother Imam, about being heedless. You know, and again, you know, every time you speak on Ramadan, I I learn a deeper meaning. And you actually had me in, envisioning how life is in America where the, the eating is heedless. You know, we're just unaware of of what we're putting in our in our system, in our mouth. But if you abstain um, from eating in the daylight hours and learn how to abstain, then when you do eat, you're going to make different choices. And I, I think this is so profound because one of the, I guess, a, a silver lining in the whole COVID pandemic is the, the focus back on the health of our people. The health right. of, of black people has come to the forefront. And we have to challenge these so-called medical and health professionals now. And as you said, uh, the, the medical profession is, is, is dying. It's unraveling. And, and when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that's his aim is to destroy it because it's destroy. not a culture of healing. It is a culture of drugs. And so that's not to say you can't be a doctor, but if you're going to be a doctor in, in the reality coming in, you have to be a healer, not a licensed drug dealer, because that's primarily what that profession is now. They just sit and write you prescriptions. And, and as I've said many times, and it's a fact, there are two countries on this entire planet where it is lawful to market drugs to the citizenry. One is New Zealand and the other is the United States. You will not go in any other country except New Zealand and see television commercials selling drugs. And here you can't get through a program without somebody trying to sell you a drug and telling you to tell your doctor about it. And tell your doctor you want this. So that was very uh, insightful what you've been giving us. And we're going to, if you could stay with us, as long as you're able to stay with us, please do. Yes, um, ma'am. Because we're going to go to Allah. Oh, praise be to Allah. Because I know our uh, callers cer- certainly have some, I'm sure they have some questions. While we have this type of resource available to us, so we're going to go right to our sister, Ula. 
Assalamu alaikum. Yes, Sister Ula. Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Kareem. Can you hear me? Can you hear yes, me? Ma'am. Yes, oh, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Sometimes I've been untouched the mute button. Uh, Sister Ava, oh. my question, it hit me like a ton of bricks. These hospitals, these doctors, because uh, we got about 50 to 70 people in this city that are running to these places. When the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught in How to Eat to Live, there is no cure in doctor's medicine. We can take it all our lives, he said, until it kills us. Right. These were his words. And we see these people, as you say, the drug dealer, call it a, call it a drug store if you want, but it's a, that's a drug dealer. And they are marketing H-E-L-L and deaf to our people, blind, deaf, and dumb, uh, going, what they say, the sheep. The Judas goat lead the sheep to slaughter one by one, and they jump aside yeah. as though they did nothing. And when I see that, because you know what I do, you you and I have talked. But when I see that, and because uh, I'm sitting up here every day this week, I've had a flat tire. I got on the radio a week ago, and I said some of the same things I'm saying now, and all of a sudden, mysteriously, I'm getting a flat tire every day. <laughs> And, oh you know, that can be expensive. Yeah, that can be expensive. Yes, ma'am, that can be expensive. But I'm not a, I'm a fighter. I'm not afraid. I fear no one but Allah. And whoever is messing, if, if somebody's doing something to try to keep me off the radio, whatever they want to do, I have a God backing me. Because I'm going to share something with you. I'll make it short and quick. I was crossing the street, and this devil tried to run me over, Sister Ava. This was back in Cleveland back in the 80s or 90s. I said, Allah Wakbar. When I said Allah Wakbar, that devil froze in his tracks. It's, it's like he looked as though somebody had just strangled that old beast, you know? I serve a living God, not on no spook or no spirit, and he is with us, with me, with us at all times. And to the young brother, uh, Brother um, Sultan, I'm proud of you. I know your parents are proud of you. Keep up the good work. And Sister Ava, I love you, honor, and respect you. You you know, but I'm going to encourage you to make sure you don't lose too much weight. You you, you, you want to keep body mass. That's all I want to, I want yes, to share with you. Uh, Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you, Sister Soldier. Yes, <laughs> you know, when, when they hear a, a law walk bar, <laughs> That's right. they... It, it, it sends some sort of vibratory stress through their body. That's right. I've, I've had so many people, heard so many Muslims bear witness and testify of, of that, of that experience. And we're talking that's right. to, that that's the cry. When we're in need of help or it's time for us to all come out and fight, that's the call. I'm on. That's and right. The great. And get on. That's right. And we're proud of you, young teenager, uh, Emmanuel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, the young man. That's right. right. That's, well, it's he like, is, yo, your parents are proud of you, baby. You did a good job. <laughs> 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 see, see how you And, you know, I, I did not, I didn't, I neglected to say, because he's earned so much of our respect and love in his own right, but he is, he is a grandson, a great-grandson of right. the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. 
So he's Come he's on. in the family by spirit and and flesh, okay? So Ain't let me just now. throw that in there. Young man. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna go to Brother Daryl. Assalamu alaikum, Ramadan Mubarak, Brother Daryl. Ramadan Kareem. How's everybody? May Allah continue to Fine, sir. keep us on your show. I uh, want to thank Allah for our minister, uh, Imam Sutan. Uh, may Allah continue to bless you, beloved, because you are, like the Savior said, not only spiritual blood, and uh, it's a blessing to have the children of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, even down to the great and grandchildren, that's holding on with the teachings. Uh, my question was, I'm glad you asked that question, uh, Imam, to, uh, to Savor, about our youth. Are they ready? Yes, I could say they are because we thank Allah for the 17-year-old sister. <laughs> Allah having her in the right place at the right time, the video that yeah, uh, right. for the whole. And the reason why I say our youth is ready because like uh, the children, I have a few friends in Detroit, and they are older. You know, they're not old, old, but they are older, 50 and 60, and they children are telling them, 20, 24, 25, I'm not taking it. But the parents are took it. They run it. I love it. To the ch- wow. I said, where, where, where did you get your shot at, sister? She said, I had the church. Now, did Honorable Elijah Muhammad say the number one enemy is the church, it's the, the pastor, the preacher? They're using the church now to open the door for our people to come in and take the shot, and they know they could get them because these are their uh, congregation, and they're lying, saying that they're taking it. They're like the docet, which um, uh, Imam said that was African, but he was a Muslim. But did he do the research? If he did, then he's working with the enemy to help. Because why would you say, I took the shot? Why would you ask me, can I convince you? Did you convince right. yourself to take you know, so these are the games that they are playing. But we have to understand this is the time that we're living in. But when it comes down to our brother that got uh, strangled, really it was a high-tech lyncher. But now they are talking about, yes, he had three, all counts was given. But we have to be careful, like they said on the company black radio shows this morning. Yes, we got a, a somewhat conviction, but now they're saying he may not do, it's, it really is, he's supposed to get 75 to 40 years or whatever, but they said he can do 10 to 12 years. Don't you know what that means? He could get out. Justice is a life for a life, like the Quran said. If you want That's justice, right. he should die. He should die immediately. You've seen it on TV, and I have to say this, because the minister said, even with our own people, some of them said that on the radio. Okay, we are arguing about what the police doing. Yes, we should do that. Are you standing up? But we got to also do the same thing to our people that's killing each other. We're going to have to make a zap out of them as well, like the minister said in uh, China. Opium, they had to make a zap of their own. We tell you to stop selling drugs, and you don't stop. We have to take your head and nail it on the pole and dare you to take it off. Now, just what the leader said, that it's going to become a time that that's going to have to happen because we can't continue to say the white man this and that, but we're killing each other too. That has to stop. So if we march against the white man, we need to march in front of the dope house, even though we know we did That's all right. of that and we had that with the uh, 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 dope buses in the nation. 
but we can't put it all on the nation to do everything. We have to come together. But that sister that got shot, they said her life matters too. It went all the way to Emmett Till, uh, the Floyd case, saying that this is just a star. But our brother our, that went back to Emmett Till, wasn't no cameras out. But so this is a step towards modern technology that we have to understand what time it is that we may come together quick. And I'm ready, Sister Ava, <laughs> that we heard to get separated from these people immediately. Because as soon as we separate, we're going to get an instant healing. And and one more quick thing I know what uh, Sister just said, Ula, about the word Allah. That is power within itself. And I had told you a while back what happened to my grandfather when he got shot down in the streets about 50 years ago. But during the same time, my yes, family sir. got hit again with the racist police. At that time, they called them the Big Four in uh, 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 stress. And they weren't never Klansmen's then. It's just that they were doing it up under, you know, so-called law. And they are, uh, they had a curfew. I remember the 67 riot. And my cousin then was around to my mother's house. And, he, and uh, she said, you know, you got to get back in before it gets dark. So they stayed a little bit over time, and when they left out, they went around the corner because we stayed right around the corner from each other, and they couldn't get in. So when they was coming back, the stress of the big four were run. At that time, they wore bro game, and they drove a four-door sedan, four, and you could hear all four doors slamming. And they ran because they knew what they was going to do. But when they made it back around to their mother house, they couldn't get in. They arrested them when they got in and sold my aunt down the step, sister down the flight of steps in her house. When they got to the police station, they put a cigarette out in my cousin's eye. May Allah be pleased when he died of leukemia about 30 years ago. But anyway, my mother went to the, uh, and it was snowing real bad. We had a bad storm. And my mother went in there, and uh, they told her to get out of here. And she heard them kick my aunt in her backside. And she heard her holler out. She said, you do that to me. I pray Allah strike you dead. And she may be listening to the show because I try to get her to go on every Thursday. And she said, as soon as she said that he turned red and he told her, get out of here, get out of here. Then it started pouring down rain. And my mother said, as soon as she said, Allah, I pray Allah, strike you down, put your hands on me, get her out of here. As soon as she walked out the door, it was a cab driver, a black cab, right, right at the door. It seemed like Allah just had it set up for her. And she got in the car crying. He said, what's going on? She said, what happened? He said, I heard about it on the radio. It hit the Chronicles, all of that. So we've been going through this forever, so say. But I thank Allah for your show. May Allah continue to bless you, uh, uh, Imam, and the Nation of Islam, that we come together quick and get away from this beast. I salam alaikum. Thank you, sir. Malaikum salam. So, Dr. Ava, can I jump in here again? <laughs> I'm not sure if it's there. Brother Imam, can you hear me? I can yes, hear you yes, fine. Sir, I'm yes, sorry. sir. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Oh, no problem. Well, well, two things. Um, just for uh, information, we were waiting for the confirmation. Um, in the hip hop community, we know we uh, lost our brother DMX, uh, and I heard, you know, of course, we lost our brother Black Rob, uh, and now I'm just hearing that we may have lost uh, from the digital underground Shock G. Uh, so a lot of our brothers in the hip hop community are leaving us too soon. I just wanted to put that point of just the information. But I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to ask Brother Iman, because uh, I know callers, they bring so much because there's so much in the news. But before questions, I wanted to know, Brother Iman, is there anything we have first completed 
you know, the first 10 days, um, what should we be expecting in the next 10 days? Because, you know, people may the breakdown ten days, the second days, and the next 10 days. What should we be looking for? You know, what did we receive in the first 10 as we are going into the next 10? It's a beautiful, uh, thank you, beloved. This uh, holy month of Ramadan, as we read the Holy Quran, uh, we daily take in through our reading a medicine. A medicine, you know, as our minister asked the question around this um, commandment, that fasting is a prescription. And he asked the question, well, if fasting is a prescription, then who is the doctor? So the doctor (laughs) is Allah God himself. Allah God himself. And in Mm -hmm. this month, Mm -hmm. he says, Allah, in the Quran, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمْ صِيَامُ So كُتِبَ عَلَيْكُمْ صِيَامُ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ We have prescribed for you fasting so that you may guard against evil. And this word uh, guarding against evil in Arabic is rooted in taqwa, the word taqwa, which means to shield oneself, to have God consciousness or regard. So when we enter the holy month of Ramadan, the first 10 days, our mercy, the days of mercy. And we know that in those first 10 days that we're beginning to develop a new habit, a new and renewed uh, connection with Allah Most High because truly fasting is Allah's alone. As a matter of fact, it is stated in, in a hadith that Fasting is mine, that Allah owns out of all of the principles of faith. Allah says, fasting is mine, because only Allah Mm. can know that you are fasting. It's a secret between the devotee and the God. So fast 10 days, Allah opens up mercy. So we are trying to come into a new habit, yet we are making mistakes. So if you have that glass of water on the counter and you are still in the <laughs> habit of, you know, dropping your hand into the bowl of chips or uh, pretzels or whatever it is we eat <laughs> with these snacks all day and you accidentally eat something, it is like a gift. We go back to fasting, but these mistakes are quickly erased from us. And we know, you know, it, they're saying it takes about 21 days or so to make a new habit and to do away with yeah. old ones. So in this first 10 days, Allah is being very merciful with us. So we have to strive hard to get into the stride of fasting. And then we enter the second 10 days where we are approaching now. Uh, I believe this is the 10th day. So now we're entering the days of forgiveness. So now we begin to escalate that self-accusing spirit. So now that the animal, heedless 
response to eating and drinking is beginning to become under control, now the idea of forgiveness begins to permeate or emanate from Allah God into ourselves so that we are now conscious of what we are doing. We are now, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, that you know, after a certain point of fasting, you can hear the, the, uh, the insects walking. So our sensory perceptions are much clearer. We're now seeing things better about ourselves, and now is the time. We begin to recognize, oh, this is how far I've been away from my discipline, from my natural self. Then we enter the last 10 days, which are freedom from fire or salvation. This is being free of those, of those things that pull us or our hungers that consistently drive our activities that now we are conscious and aware of what we have been doing we are being saved. We have an opportunity to save ourselves from these actions that have been heedless. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has taught us that fasting produces discipline. So when we are disciplined and we are able to deny ourselves the basic needs of food and water, but every human being, their basic need is not only food, water, shelter, but it's love. And these are hungers that drive our behaviors. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says we have a hunger for love and for expressing our own being. All of these hungers, he states, all of these needs have to be disciplined and controlled. And it is through the fasting that we're able to make sure that we are not living in excess and that we are now facing yes. ourselves and being honest with ourselves. So we look at these, how they are separated in what is called ashara or tens. And we see the sign that is given to us in these beautiful, beautiful study guides of how the animal self, the lower nature, we're taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, is a stage or immature stage of development. But when you begin to be conscious of Allah God, then the self-accusing spirit is beginning to mold who we are for the better. Then we are entering the gates of the last 10 days, which is freedom from all of these ills. You can put down the cigarette. You can put down the alcohol. You can put down any addiction that we may have because now we've built our will enough to say no to the small things that Allah might purify our hearts, our minds, our bodies for a new spiritual reality, a new moral reality. Mm -hmm that produces a new social and physical state. So we thank Allah for this month that comes 
in the ninth month of the lunar calendar every year for a sense of resetting ourselves, renewing ourselves. And the month ends with Eid al-Fitr, or the festival of renewal, which represents the renewal of self. And when we get control of our hungers, we will have more control over our lives. And when we are identifying what our drives of hunger are, we can begin to then trace back and clean up our lifestyles for the better. And I'll close that point on this. Uh, Muhammad, peace be upon him, has stated, hunger is the Lord or God of all actions. So now we have Mm. an opportunity to, to look at our actions. What have I been doing? Where has it been leading me? How have I been spending my time? Is it productive? Am I contributing or am I just taking? We want to get out of this selfish mentality of the ritual of fasting that only says that I'm powerful and strong enough to submit myself to the discipline of the ritual, but I'm not powerful and strong enough to do something to change my community or my life beyond the month that I am observing the fast. So we take this fast so that we can move into a new being throughout the year. And inshallah, see a new self, see a new community, and be part of what Allah has ordained for us in the new world that is rising. And I I, I thoroughly appreciate your response, uh, Dr. Ava, that you do see the changes. I see it too. These youth are not the same youth <laughs> that were no. coming up. And I, these are not the same children of the 40s, 50s, 60s. And I know our sister said I'm a, a, a young man, <laughs> but I have 20. <laughs> I have college. <laughs> I have college children. Children that are in college, <laughs> university. <laughs> right. You know, I still have a little youth left. So I'm going to hold on to it as long as I can, you know. I am not <laughs> But when I see these young ones now, I'm like, oh, man, like your daughter, Sherelle. Man, I'm yes. so proud of that young lady. She is no one yes, to be pushed around. These that not, we are producing no today are not to be pushed around. And they see, as Allah says in the Quran, there's two conspicuous ways in this uphill road, the evil has been made distinct from good. So we are witnessing this in our youth. And I thank Allah just to be young enough <laughs> to actually be seeing this reality come into fruition. Praise be to Allah. Oh, thank you, Brother Terrence, for... Asking that question. Praise be to Allah. We're going to have to transcribe this. And and, and I just want to announce tomorrow night, uh, Brother Imam will be delivering the closing message um, for our study group here at headquarters. 
And so if you've received your uh, assignment this week um, in the email blast from the National Center, and if you want to be able to hear Brother Imam uh, tomorrow evening, make sure you open your email from the National Center and click on the uh, link to register because we do have limited seating. Uh, this is via Zoom, and uh, we have a few hundred seats, and that may sound like a lot, but trust me, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> it goes real Thank you for the privilege of yeah. Praise be to Allah. Yes. Oh, I, I, and some of this you did tonight. I, I want to hear some of this again too, especially that your, your, your breakdown of of the ten of of the ten days and where we where we are developmentally in in Ramadan in each phase of it. This is so amazing. This is amazing grace, you know. So we're we're going to get back to the phones and take a few more calls. Um, from our callers, and we have uh, Brother Kareem, who, uh, Brother Imam, Brother Kareem is 13 years old. He's a junior FOI, mm-hmm. and he, he he has some very insightful uh, phone calls and, that he uh, shares with us each week. Brother Kareem, assalamu alaikum, and Ramadan Mubarak. Walaikum salam, Ramadan Kareem. How are you? Oh, feeling wonderful by the grace of Allah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, yes, ma'am. Uh, I just wanted to say that the enemy keeps fooling us with these lies and tricks that can easily be outsmarted by knowledge. Mm. All of the lies and the trickery he has can be proven false with a little common sense. They have so many lies and so much trickery, and they've done so much to our brain that we'll literally believe anything. Yes, sir. We believe that there's going to be a big, fat white man coming from a chimney, which doesn't make any sense, especially if it's going to be on most of the time during Christmas. Or the fact that all these holidays are basically just outrageous. And we spend all this money basically trying to please the white man. That's right. So basically almost everything we do, we're trying to please him. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get something from him. And we are still stuck on the fact that we don't, that we have to rely on him for everything, but we don't. Because he That's was right. actually relying on us. 
right. He relied on us to make him. He relied on us to build this country. He relied on us to fight in his wars. He relied on us for his engineering. So if we take some of that knowledge that we have and use that unity that we have when we're doing something for them, for ourselves, then getting away from this white man won't be a problem. That's right. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Assalamualaikum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, beautiful, beautiful. Brother, you know. <laughs> so, Mike so there's the there's the you that's see it the you, there that's it right. is that's the manifestation of the readiness of the youth. And, you know, I love to hear Brother Kareem because he's so direct and to the point. And I remember um, in one of her articles uh, unveiling the number 19, Mother Tynetta said that um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told her we won't talk as much in the hereafter as we do now. That's right. And one of the reasons is that we we will be in, in agreement <laughs> <laughs> because we'll be living in truth. We won't be contentious and, uh, you know, debating and going back and forth and trying to explain and make each other <laughs> understand. That's but right. we, we will have very, you know, positive conversation, but it, it, it just won't be as much talking. And when I hear Brother Kareem, I, I always reflect back to that because he mm. gets so much out with not a lot not saying a lot quantitatively. And then he, he says, assalamu alaikum. Yeah, some people call and Brother Terrence might have to gently prod them and say, well, we got to let some other people get in. <laughs> but never with this, never with this brother, because he, he makes his point. And then he says, assalamu alaikum. So, mm-hmm. so we're going to keep going. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, we got Brother Mark calling us. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Ava, and Brother Big Black. Yeah, <laughs> All right. Oh, Akbar. Sister, y'all, y'all got. I came right behind Brother Kareem, man. That's 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 a hard one to come behind, Sister Ava, the youth. <laughs> you know, and brother Torrance, I, you probably pried me off, brother. But no, I'm gonna I'm finish up quick. It's it's so much <laughs> going on, sister Ava. And um, it really George yeah. Floyd um, Chabin. Um, it was a slam dunk case. It was no way yes, around was. that the devil could, could could bring it about that he was not guilty. So he took one for the team. You know. And like the, um, yes, he said, he one, um, Demon stated that um, glad he got convicted because he didn't want America to um, go up in flames. 
Right. That was so right because um, our people are tired, Sister Ava. And also they had another right. alternative juror on today on ABC News, a white woman. And she said she was oh, yeah. shocked that he got convicted on all of the charges. So that let me right. know the mindset that this, this, this demon, this devil here, they are unmerciless like the most honorable Elijah Muhammad stated. That's right. I mean, Stephen Wonder and Ray Charles could have saw that was, you know, that was murder. You know, what, what would they That's say? Right. He had preconditions? Did they expect him to have COVID or something? He died of COVID? If they, you know, if he Come died on. from that? But it's just so wicked. And like um, you were saying, Sister Ava, out in the streets, the youth, they ain't taking the shot. And if you ask them what they take, they, mm-hmm. they're going to they gonna give you some words that, um, that you can't say on the radio about taking that yeah, shot. Well, that's exactly right. And, and it makes me think that um, the 40-year period during Moses' time, that the elders had to die, die off, you know, in the wilderness before they got to the promised land, it's making me think like that with, you know, my peer group. You know, I'm in the 60s, 60s. And all my peer group I went to school with, they're taking the shot and being proud of it. You know, I'm going to be all right. But the youth yes. are taking it. They know they're something proud. about it. You know, they're That's proud. True. And, you know, my chiropractor was a little white girl. And she told me out of her mouth that in six to 12 months, it's going to be a lot of death from those who took the vaccine. So I took yes. her word for it, to, you know, believe because she, she's, she is a doctor. She's just a chiropractor. But she's in the medical field. And with that being said, that, you know, praise be to Allah, I'm a Muslim now, because um, all them folks of my peer group who passed, might pass away, I'd be going through them pockets because they ain't going to need that money no more, whatever they got, you know, because they're playing with a hot fire, sister. And we've been warned. I don't remember who Farcon asked the question, who do you trust, me or Dr. Fauci, basically? That's what he asked. Exactly. That's what he asked. And the honorable mm-hmm. minister Louis Farrakhan has been in our community for 66 years, sister. Mm-hmm. And we know him. I know of him. We have no knowledge of Dr. Faust. So we're going to take the devil's word. We know these people are treacherous. But we still want to take their word. I got an um, email or whatever you call it. They, they text me today. They want me to, uh, they want to give me $1,300 to take the vaccine. I'm not taking no vaccine. They're trying everything they can to get the people to take the vaccine. But if we take it, it's over with for those who take it in some form fashion unless Allah blesses us. But when God's man tells you not to take it and then goes and spends thousands and thousands of extra dollars to give you information why you shouldn't take it and you still reject it. And to hear the most silliest mm-hmm. arguments from our people, Sister Ava, is that I'm going with the science. Most Negroes, we know, didn't even pass science class, you know? But we take it. We yeah, they don't know what it science. is. It's, it's, you know, man, it's just what they heard you know, white people say. Mm-hmm. Yes, man, that's it. So that's if right. White, if white folks said it, that's it. That's the science. Yes, sir. But like you said, so that's right. like, the best and only solution is separation, and that's what our people are going to be crying out for in a few days, sister, because all that's going on right now is only going to increase. You know, a conviction is not justice. There was no justice in that trial of Siobhan or whatever that cracker's name is. Well, no justice at all for that, you know, for our people. And we're thinking it's justice because we don't know what justice looks like. 
And if we keep following Correct. those like yes, I sir. love Brother Al Sharpton and all them, but sister, they're going the wrong way. They're going the wrong way. Time is up for that 1960 civil rights movement trying to get white yeah, folks to change. Yes, ma'am. These crackers yeah, ain't going to yeah. never change at all. Yes, sir. So we might as well forget going down that right. white dream. It's nation time, but that's right. I'm like, All right. I don't want to be proud at all. I'm sorry for taking so long. So. Yes, sir. <laughs> Lace of love. All right, big black. All right. All right. And, and Dr. Ava, Robert Dr. Curry. Yes, sir. Dr. Ava, I'm going to play devil advocate on this. I'm going to play devil's advocate on this. I'm going to say that the case wasn't just cut and dry. I don't, I don't see it just cut and dry. I ain't going to say it's cut and dry. Yes. What I do see, what I do see is we in COVID, it's summertime, we got vaccinations, mm. we got to open up the cities, and we can't afford to shut down the cities when we have just integrated the vaccination to open up the cities to make more money. If this case doesn't go the way that these black folks want, they will tear up the cities, the cities will be closed down, and there'll be another economic hit which the politicians will have to suffer under. I'm doing a whole Dick Gregory number now. <laughs> no, I, I I agree with you. I think that one of, that's why I was saying at the beginning, it it took tremendous resources and mm-hmm. I agree with you because we know there were there were meetings meetings and meetings and more meetings about that's this. Right. And Right. The, the prosecution was actually flawless. It was flawless. Right. And it took the combination of a, a lot of brilliant minds to put that case together. For, you know, first of all, there's really almost no such thing as a slam dunk when it comes to a criminal trial for the prosecution right. because it only takes one person to kill it. One That's person. That's right. And they had to close every door to even the remote possibility of an acquittal, and they did that. You know, the on top of the 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 parade of... Again, unprecedented. How does the jury deal with the chief of police? Um, and if you can't handle him because he's black, what about Lieutenant Zimmerman, the longest-serving officer in Minneapolis, who uh-huh. is an expert in training? And then one officer after the other, a female officer, I've never seen anything like that. That doesn't exist in our proceedings. Mm. Come on. Okay. Then again, the, the, the pulmonologist, he didn't even have enough drugs in his system that they had an expert get up there on toxicology and say this little stuff he had in his system, that's what you see in people who get DUIs driving under the influence. In other words, he could drive a car like that. That that wasn't anything in his that would kill a person. And then you you bring in from the private sector 
some of uh-huh. the best lawyers in this area to 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 do the uh, argument in front of the jury, to do the interrogation. Notice that Chauvin's lawyer did all of the questioning and presented the case himself. And it's funny because I was my youngest sister uh, clerked for the Ohio Court of Appeals, and she and I were talking about it. And I said, why? We were talking about how horrific his closing was, the the defense lawyer. And I said, I don't understand. He had a team. Why did he do all of the examining, all of the questioning? That's exhausting. You know, she said, the rest of them probably didn't want to get in the camera. How many people want to be seen representing this man? Right. If they have a, if they have any kind of career ahead of them, so to your point, brother Terrence, I think that had to be considered. Come on. They had to consider. You had the governor out. You had the president talking ahead of this. It's what brother That's Mark right. said. You know, you don't, you don't know if this would have been it. Okay, that set That's the right. whole thing off. That's right. And it would have been primary. And that was, again, going back to what Brother Eman brought up to you, that was a lot of young people out there in Minneapolis. That's right. And they were tense. They were tense. I know even personally, I was flooded with relief because I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. Because the conviction wasn't justice. It was like the minimum Beneath which we couldn't go. You know what I'm saying? It's like the minimum that you can accept. That's right. In a bad situation. That's right. So, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And 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 the, and the thing about it, Doctor Ava, you know, and I think I forgot to mention two things in the beginning. Number one is that when you just said that, when the verdict came, and I told somebody on a couple of conversations I was in, I said that when the verdict came in, I was relieved because I didn't have to go to work that night. What do I mean I have to go to work that night? Because of my status and position in my community, I knew if that verdict would have gone a different way, the chief of police would have been calling me, the mayor would have been calling me, activists would have been calling me, we're going to the streets. And that right. would have been an all-night organized and to make sure that all those folks that took to the street, that the folks that I knew would get home safely and then try to avoid the anarchists that would have been in the streets with black folks just tearing up stuff and causing it a little That's bad. right. And if we forget George Floyd last year set off the whole world, not just Minneapolis, all across the no, country. the world. Riots. Yes, the world took off. So if the world would have seen this again around the same time, April, when the springtime hit, that would have been they very... They were protesting in Rome last year. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people understood the magnitude mm-hmm. of the buildup that happened with a George Floyd and watching that. And number two, I do want to put out there that I forgot to say at the beginning, please, those that are on the front line, those that are constantly hearing this, constantly seeing this, please take care of your mental health. Please take do some self-care. Our sister, Sister Mariam, does that. She helps with that. 
please, and I'm saying that because I had to be transparent that on one of our staff calls we was talking about it and all the killings, and I kind of broke out crying. I started trying to breathe, and I didn't know how much I was holding in because we forget yes, that on the front line we're hearing this day in and day out about the next killing, the next killing, the next killing, the next killing. So separation helped our mental state. And just leave a vote. It helps our sanity because we actually are suffering trauma just living amongst them. Yeah, and it goes back to how how we began tonight and and having Brother Imam on and and we just thank Allah over and over again that once again Ramadan comes at a critical moment. Remember, it came last year. When we were hit with the the the, the uh, lockdowns, or That's more, right. I should say, exactly. the American version, the American version of the lockdown, because this country is too savage to tell the people right. they can't come out their house like they did in China. That's right. never going to happen. Okay, and you see how hard it's been to contain the people. Throughout this thing, and 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 now they're 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 pushing back now. They they had a million a million maskless march a couple weeks no. ago in Florida. A million maskless march, and then they were burning masks at the end of it. I, I said mm. I was telling somebody they're not going not these not these white folks in America. They're too wild. That's right. All right, they're not going to take it. But even for us, it was traumatizing to the point I want to get to. And and look at how Allah put us in Ramadan, right That's at right. that, right at the same time. And and we were on study guide fifteen. We started at fourteen. Respect for authority, meaning obey the laws. Come on. As long as they don't conflict with your religion. And then we move into the characteristic of humility so we could deal being stuck with each other. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it wasn't so well, I got to get out of here. I'm going to go take a while. I got to get out of here. You know, you're not. You're not going nowhere. You're going to deal with it. There's nowhere to go. If you went out the house, everything... It was black. I remember I drove out of my car somewhere during the early day, and it, it was like that movie I Am Legend with uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Will Smith. That's right. That's what I'm And so we we you know, were we were really blessed uh, to be in in Ramadan during I that mean, time. I mean, brother Terrence, if, if you don't mind, Doctor Ava, can I ask my brother a question? Of course. (laughs) I'm asking questions today. (laughs) You know, you know, I come from that world of grassroots organizing uh, prior to uh, moving to work directly for what we know is the change of the world at the hand of God. You know, there's this incremental change that many are trained in the grassroots mobilizing to really see wins and incrementally um, 
work toward reform of the of the uh, policies and laws that are the structural uh, or institutional racism that the structural side continues to be ignored. And really my question here is on the systemic, the policy. You know, I was reading a, a few days back that sometime in July there were over a 1,000 um, American law enforcement that were taken to Israel to uh, learn how to, quote, respond to anti- uh, domestic terrorism and, and, and extremist threats here in the United States. And often we can see reports that the training that is being taught to U.S. police in our inner cities that are occupying our communities is the same type of training that is taught to those that are occupying uh, Palestine by most of the state of Israel. That's right. By Mossad. That's right. So have you seen any clear attempts to uh, deal with these kind of policies that are importing this anti-black occupational uh, policies and outright killing of our people in the streets? Are these issues beginning to rise to a global mindset rather than these local uh, uh, issues that, that, you know, piece by piece they're trying to break down uh, laws and institute new laws? Uh, and, you know, now the work is to pass, I, I, I don't want to misquote it, but the uh, a law around the whole George Floyd incident. Okay, well, we got let 90 me, let me seconds. Add- yeah, that's why I was going to say. So that question, <laughs> that question is something that we need to pose for next week. It's a question that we need to pose for True. next week. And I will say this: there's three levels. There's the old guard that wants to do reform. There's the new guard that want to abolish all of this, and they ain't even trying to do no reform or no policies. And there's also different cities mm-hmm. that are addressing that. Linda Sassoura deals with that because she works in Palestine. So there are conversations mm-hmm. around that. But I think the question that you're asking about policies and reform, that's an actual new show because some don't want reform. We want to abolish, and some that's want true. total separation. And there's a, there's a yes, separation man. in that thought process. But I'm going to give it to Dr. Ava since we got less than a minute left. Well, I I can only say I thank Allah for this experience this evening. And I want to, of course, uh, express my gratitude to our special guest, the National Imam of the Nation of Islam, Brother Sultan Muhammad, to give us such beautiful insight into the holy month of Ramadan. I want to thank our executive producer, Sister Rona Muhammad, my co-host, Brother Terrence Muhammad, our legal contributor, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad, and most of all, those of you who call in, who log in, and make Elevated Places the amazing place to be every Thursday evening. So look forward to you 
uh, logging in to study group tomorrow evening. Uh, look, look for your email from the National Center. And uh, may Allah bless all of us with love and the light of understanding in this beautiful holy month of Ramadan. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>